how do you actually live and not just survive? What about every single day? What you can actually do to see a sense of belief in yourself begin to develop? It really is all about mindset and it really is about how you can love yourself every day in little ways that lead you to seeing you've come through so much, you've been through so much, you deserve to appreciate where you are and you are allowed to be excited for where you are going. But you're awakening already, right? It's already happening. That's why you're here and why you're listening. Nothing is broken in your world. Nothing needs to be changed. Nothing needs to be different. And yet everything is constantly changing because it is the inevitable nature of that which is eternal. What I've come to realize in this endless searching for answers is that there really are not. If you spend your whole life trying to get your act together, then, then what do you have? You have an act. Right? Instead of a life. Hello everyone and welcome back to Figuring Shit Out. I am Vanessa Fontana and this is episode 28. If you're new here, Figuring Shit Out is a podcast and an undertaking all about self-help, coming of age, and finding and healing yourself in a world of flux. It is meant to help you deepen and expand the most important relationship you'll ever have in your life, that with yourself. If you are a frequent listener of Figuring Shit Out, please rate the podcast on whatever platform you are listening on. Please tell me your thoughts on this episode, if you like this episode at the end of it, or the last episode, which was the first guest episode of Figuring Shit Out. It was a conversation with Naya Jones, who is the CEO and founder of Inside Then Out, a wellness brand that creates products for guided healing modalities. I chose to speak with her because I wanted to offer you guys the resource of her journals, which are guided journals that really help you to understand who you are and what you want out of life and really direct you into that healing and growth and expansion that we talk about on this podcast. So if you want to take a look at the guided journals and you're interested in buying one of them, you can use my code FSO10 for 10% off of your first order. I received them in the mail before I even spoke to Naya or was thinking about how having her on my podcast and I felt such a resonance with these journals because I get so many questions on how to start the process of journaling, how to really delve into learning about yourself in that way and I think that this is the perfect first step because it is a guided binded book of all of those things. So the link to that shop if you're interested is down below in the description and again my discount code is FSO10 for 10% off of your first order. As a follow-up to the last episode, the guest episode with Naya, I'm sitting down today with not a lot of time to record. I'm actually getting on a plane tomorrow on Friday, November 10th. Um, a couple of days before this episode comes out on Sunday, November 12th. This week, I've spent a lot of time really rebalancing a lot of areas of my life and realizing where I'm giving too much of myself that I actually don't have to give. There is a quote that I read recently that says, your best is not what you can do when you are sacrificing your mental and physical well-being to do it. Your best is what you can do while you also preserve and complement your mental and physical well-being. I don't think that's the direct quote, but it has stuck with me because I realize so much of what I do and so much of my long cyclical cycles of burnout that I've talked about on this podcast before is a sacrifice of my own resources in order to achieve or get things across the line or get things done. And 
I'm really stepping into this phase of truly enjoying the moments of life and not looking at things as a means to an end, not looking at the goals that I set for myself as things to get done, but really sitting in the process of coming towards them and knowing that there's a version of me, there's a past self of me that would be so proud of all that has been created. And I have a responsibility to honor that version of myself when I am in creation of something or when I complete something. You know, we often have a goal and when we complete it, at the end of that goal, we have a sense of relief instead of having a sense of joy. And when we set out to do something, whether it just be go about our day and complete the things that we have on our list to do, our daily responsibilities, or if it be a longer term goal, we get so lost in the end version of something that we forget to really tune in and take time for ourselves and ask ourselves if we are enjoying the lives that we're living and if we are actually learning in the process through it. And I am actively trying to implement that into my life as I juggle a full-time job and I juggle this podcast which I love so deeply and is incredibly time-consuming but incredibly rewarding in so many ways and balancing all of these areas of my life to make sure that they really are fueling me and that I am giving them the energy that they deserve and that energy is truly presence. And so today, as I sit and record, I chose to use my oracle book as a guiding point for what I want to talk about on this episode today as a means to really just be intuitively led into it. I got as a present for my 21st birthday and I've carried it around with me for quite some time. It had the number 333 on it and it's called Oracles of Heart Wisdom. It's by Alana Fairchild, who is... I believe someone who creates a lot of oracle decks and books and is an intuitive of sorts. And this book essentially just has a lot of guided readings for you when you need some help. And I usually pull one, if not every day, almost every day. I just take a deep breath and connect to my heart. And then I kind of ask for what guidance I'm looking for, what I need. And right before I recorded this episode, I decided to do that to be intuitively led into what I wanted to talk about today I asked all right what does my audience need to hear today and what do I need to hear today and I flipped to the words self-belief and I'm going to read you what it says magnificent manifestations become possible when the human heart chooses to believe in oneself life rallies to strengthen and encourage that brave willingness to be alive and not give up on what matters to the soul Despite heartbreak and disappointment, your beautiful heart desires deepening of love. Even though those passing moments of doubt or despair occur, you choose to continue. You have the spirit of the phoenix within your heart. Acknowledge the trials you've gone through in life. Some have been considerable, yet while wise to notice the consequent wounds that need your loving attention. It is also good to look for the light, to see how you have grown, to note that you are still here. Continue with your divinely defiant, sacred belief in yourself. You are a marvelous creature. And so knowing that there is this sense of refinding balance and enjoyment and living life with a sense of action and a sense of growth, but also an unwillingness to abandon oneself in the process, an unwillingness to give more than you have because even if you do end up accomplishing something or succeeding in something, 
what have you left to enjoy the fruits of your labor? I think that this could go a lot of ways. You know, we could talk about manifestation and self-belief and self-concept, which we talked about on episode 24 in the guide to breaking limiting beliefs and asking yourself who you want to be and showing up as that person. Or we could level set our expectations for ourselves in a way that still allows us to grow, yet doesn't take from us. So on this episode, I actually want to give you some tips for things that can help you ground yourself on a daily basis and check in with yourself on a daily basis so that you can feel that connectedness to your heart, your being, and so that you can create. Because when we're always striving for something outside of us, it's hard to really know if what we're creating is true to us. It's hard to really know if we like who we are. It's hard to really know if we're enjoying anything at all when we're always trying to accomplish something. I notice such a difference in my state of being, in my gratitude for life, in my happiness when I prioritize time for myself every single day, and usually this is in the morning, and a little bit about my morning routine and the ways that it's evolved. I have always been someone who's really needed a bit more time and attention than what feels like other people. I've always been relatively introverted and typically need quite a bit of time to prepare to be in the world before I can be in the world. And what I mean by that is for me to be able to show up with the presence that things deserve, that the people in my life deserve, I know that it is really important for me to give myself presence or else I will resent the obligation of being anywhere, whether it be working, whether it be podcasting, whether it be being with people that I love, if I have not poured into myself first, then it is really challenging for me to give. And I end up feeling this sense of resentment in that process. And then it inhibits me from creating what I want, living the life that I want, feeling grounded and good in what I am doing, even if it is things that are geared towards growth. If I am doing those things out of obligation, then they are not helping me grow they are simply keeping me trapped and so at the end of it it really is all about mindset and it really is about how you can love yourself every day in little ways that lead you to seeing your marvelousness to seeing that you've come through so much you've been through so much you deserve to appreciate where you are and you are allowed to be excited for where you are going how do you live your life when you are just trying to survive. You don't. You're just surviving. And so many of us are stuck in survival mode, whether it be from inner child healing that hasn't been done, trauma from the past, whether it simply be the structures of this world that ask us to force ourselves into states of being that are against our natural cycles of rest and action, that are against what we actually want, There is so much survival happening around us all the time that we get it confused with striving. We get it confused with achieving. We get it confused with maximizing our productivity for a certain thing. We get it so confused and so messed up because there are no boundaries. And we are the only ones who can decide what those boundaries are. And so I started this episode with 
a promo code for guided journals that will allow you to start that exploration with yourself and serve as a guiding post for what you can do to really begin that process and have that habitual giving back to yourself every day. And that is a resource for you and one that I thoughtfully wanted to include in the podcast by interviewing Naya, the CEO and founder of that company who creates the journals, but as well because I get so many questions around how do you really, really start? How do you really put these large concepts into everyday practice and action in your life, whether that be journaling, whether that be meditating, whether that be creating a practice that aligns with who you are, whether that be manifesting anything you want in your life, all of those things are really big overarching goals that we want to try and implement into our daily lives in small, breakable, digestible ways that we can see the impact of long term. But if you are not ever taking a step back and evaluating how you're spending your time or evaluating how far you've come, appreciating it, having gratitude for what you have right now, then you are always going to be chasing and you are always going to be in the mindset of a certain scarcity and a certain survival. So this episode is intuitively coming together as how do you actually live and not just survive? And that's a really big question. And on figuring shit out, I talk a lot about very large concepts that can be really conceptual in nature and I try to break them down and distill them down into understandable and digestible things that we can really practice in our everyday lives. But what about the everyday life? What about every single day? What you can actually do to see a sense of belief in yourself begin to develop and to start to live your life with a bit more flow and a bit more ease. And I don't have that answer for you because only you can determine what works best for you, but I can share what I've learned from practices that I've implemented in my everyday life that sometimes I don't do and I really see the product of not doing them to really be able to see the larger picture of everything, right? to zoom out of your life and know that you have a lot of it to live and you're going to do a lot and you're going to accomplish a lot and you're going to fail and you're going to hurt and you're going to be in pain sometimes and you're going to grieve sometimes and that is the journey of life and that is what you signed up for when you stepped into the body that you have now whether you believe you chose to or you don't. That's a commitment that has been made unsaid with you and the world around you. And so knowing that, knowing that we have these malleable lives that can expand if we choose to allow them to expand, knowing that we really are in charge of how we react to things, we really are in charge of how we grow and how we evolve and how we heal, knowing that we are responsible for those things, having that responsibility, but also having the surrender that comes with, I want to enjoy life. I don't just want to survive and I don't just want to accomplish. I want to feel my life. I want to feel love. I want to deepen experiences of love in various ways with friendships and family and romance. I want to 
see all that is possible, but not in order to achieve it, in order to experience it. We keep way too much of our thoughts in our head, and you don't even know how powerful they are until you put them on paper or you voice them out loud. So a few ways that you can really start releasing the things in your head and understanding what stories you're telling yourself, understanding what's real and what's not, is having a daily practice where you make space for yourself to do that in whatever way works for you. And here are a couple of suggestions. One, the Inside Then Out journal, which will really ask you guided questions to enable you to face yourself in certain ways that align with what you want. I would recommend that if you aren't really great at journaling or you've never really had a practice with it and you don't know where to start but you want to start I think that's a great place and that's why it's a resource for you on figuring shit out and then comes regular journaling so just stream of consciousness journaling where I read about this somewhere if you wake up and you in the first like five minutes of waking up get a journal and write three pages, three full pages, stream of consciousness, you actually are able to really get your brain going in the morning. You're able to release what you need to release and your creativity and opportunity opens for the day in the world. And I was doing that for a while before I stopped simply because I didn't want to think in the morning anymore. So it's again, whatever really works for you. But stream of consciousness journaling is so helpful. It really is because when you think something in your head, it takes less than a nanosecond to do so. And a lot of times you don't even have control over what pops into your brain. But if you are going to then take what's in your brain and translate it into words on a piece of paper, you're actually able to slow those things down and see it from an objective point of view that lets you ask yourself, okay, where are the patterns here? What is the story I'm telling myself here? Is any of this actually true? And it also creates a sense of lack of judgment with what you are feeling and who you are. We identify so much with what we feel as if what we feel is wrong and what we feel is not okay to feel. And so we keep it inside and pretend that it's not there and we reject and deny our own feelings, but that does not make them go away. The rejection of your feelings will never be the absence of your feelings. It will just be the rejection of those feelings. And the longer that you reject them, the longer that you don't face them and look at them and ask how they actually feel inside of your body, inside of your heart, inside of your mind, the more that they're going to sit in there. They want to be released. And being able to take out a journal and put it on paper is a way to be really honest with yourself. And it's a way to look objectively at it and say, okay, I know that what I'm feeling is not forever but here it is. And then you can look back and you can actually almost laugh at it and be like, wow, my brain is a crazy thing. She's really crazy. She really just comes up with all these stories. I've done that so much. But when you stream of consciousness journal and you have that practice every day where you're just checking in with yourself, it just creates a space for you to 
write about whatever you want to, talk about whatever you want to. You're creating a friendship with yourself that way. You are checking in with the state of your own being in your own heart. And sometimes you don't have anything to say and you don't have anything to write. And so then maybe you just start describing the state that you're in. Maybe then you just start describing the room that you're in. Maybe then you just become more present than you were before. If you've been wanting to learn a new language, connect with your family heritage, Rosetta Stone might be perfect for you. It is the most trusted language learning app available on desktop or as an app, and it is truly immersive in the language you want to learn. It's been a trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered from Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, with fast language acquisition and speech recognition as a built-in feature to give you feedback on your pronunciation like having a personal trainer for your accent. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. And for a limited time, Figuring Shit Out listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today today. I've had a journaling practice before I can even remember. I was writing when I was five years old, six years old, before I even knew how to form full sentences. I had a journal. And so it is hard for me to speak about the benefits of it without having bias because I think it's something I've always needed to do. I've always had so many thoughts and so many desires to get them out. And so I'm not saying that journaling is going to work for everyone, but I think if you can really form that practice it is so helpful because while I've had a journaling practice since I was young, it hasn't always been consistent. And I remember in high school and in college, I used to only journal when I was going through something really hard and I would pick my journal back up and almost feel a sense of guilt when I did because I would write something in it like, well, here I am again in the same exact place that I was three months ago and I haven't actually journaled about anything good that's gone on in my life, but here is essentially a book of everything bad that's happened to me. And when I realized that I was doing that for so long, I started to ask myself, why couldn't I just journal for the sake of journaling at all? Why did I always have to be around something that I needed to feel and go through and analyze? And so having that practice every day, even if it's just a list of things I'm grateful for, or even if it's just what I did the day before, or a simple way to romanticize a mundane moment, it has helped me so much to really drop into presence. And when I don't do it, when I take some time off of doing it, I almost feel this disconnection to the present moment because I know that I haven't consciously slowed down. And when I'm not writing about the things that I'm excited about, when I'm not taking a moment to really sit in the gratitude I feel for simple everyday things like having clean water to drink and making my morning latte and having people in my life who I get to love and laugh with, then all of those things become something that is easy to take for granted. And all of this really just centers around having a practice that allows you to take a step back and see how far you've come and how much you've created and how much you have to be grateful for, which will allow you to create more of that. But if journaling is not for you and it never has been and you don't want to try it and you're more of a chit-chat person, then I suggest talking directly into your voice memos, directly into your camera roll. I have an entire album on my phone of me when I don't want to journal, 
but I just want to get it out, but I don't want to tell anyone. So I just tell myself. And it's a way of being my own therapist where I can really vent and slow myself down. And then once I've gotten all of the feelings and emotions out, I take a step back and I start to see the patterns in what I'm saying. And I start to almost solve whatever problem that I feel like I'm facing in that moment. All of these things, whether you're journaling or you're talking to yourself or you're simply meditating and sitting with the feelings and taking a step back from them, they're all ways to create space around your internal world and your external world. So those things don't become merged. And so your mental narrative doesn't control your life because it will and it does. And if you're never taking a step back to really check in with yourself And if you are never practicing gratitude or practicing a sense of presence, then all of the things in your mind and in your world will blur together and you will forget that you are a marvelous creature who has gone through so much, like the Oracle book said. This week I've been very, very aware. I've been very present because I've made the conscious choice to slow down and implement presence into my life, which means that Every morning I have woken up and I've gone to my window, which I have newly designed into a place that feels really special to me. It has all of these really eclectic things on it that make me feel connected to what is outside of me. And in the morning I get up and I'm not up for long before I go back to my window and I sit and I open it and I breathe the fresh cold air and I meditate first 15 minutes of my day I meditate and usually I notice where I'm at as soon as I open my eyes and lately when I've been opening my eyes it hasn't been great it's been a lot of urgency it's been a lot of force it's been a lot of worry it's been a lot of negative thinking and I haven't really done much about it honestly I haven't really been connecting with myself and I think that has caused that mental state to run absolutely free and wild and I've noticed the impact that it has had on my life and how it's given me more anxiety than I know what to do with and more anxiety than I should have and so I'm practicing this currently and I think it's a good thing to bring into figuring shit out because I'm figuring shit out too, right? So every morning I've meditated and I take the time to create that space In my episode 26, Intuition versus Anxiety, I actually have a guidebook on how to learn to listen to your intuition, but a lot of how I've learned to listen to my intuition and a lot of that episode has come from the experience of creating a practice that allows me to make space for myself, make space to connect with myself and make space to sit with myself. And so in that guidebook, which I'll link into this episode too, I have what I do for my morning routine, what I do to get grounded, and I also have some guided meditations in there that I would recommend for someone who may want to start meditating. So if you're interested in that, that is also linked. After I meditate, I usually pick up my journal and I do this dream of consciousness. I check in with where I'm at and I just actually got a new journal So I have my everyday journal that I write in and has all of my thoughts and feelings and things from the last few months. But then I also have a journal that I've set out for my sacred meditative 
space that and on that space I have a new journal that I've dedicated just to ask for guidance from the universe and the source outside of me and to really write letters to that source and lean on the divine energy that is all around I wanted to separate those two journals because having that in my daily journal felt very much like I was almost asking myself to find the answer. And I tend to struggle to ask for help and ask for guidance. And I wanted to have a place where I could really just feel connected that wasn't dedicated for me, but it was almost for the purpose of prayer. And so I've only been doing it for the last few days, but it's really helped me because it's created a sense of respect for the world around me, the universe around me, what I feel connected to. And it's made me say, you know what? Slow down, hold on. I know that I am guided. I know that I am truly a part of this beautiful network of life and love and other things. And let me pay a sense of homage to that instead of just consulting with my daily journal where I write everything and anything let me separate this and really give it the true respect that it deserves and the true time that it deserves that doesn't take me very long it's usually just one page and it is gratitude for that day which starting your day with gratitude is so immensely helpful to really just stop pause and find something that you truly feel grateful for how often do you actually do that every day and how often do we forget to do that and a lot of times I will notice like if I don't feel like I've been grateful lately I'll just list a bunch of things that I know I should be grateful for but I don't actually feel that gratitude that you know makes you feel that feeling of complete appreciation and connectedness and wholeness and it's really about having that in everyday life because when you are grateful and when you see the beauty around you, you're able to see the beauty that's always been there and the beauty that is always waiting for you to see it. And this comes back to our Oracle book reading that inspired this episode that you really choose to see what you see but if you are not conscious of what you're seeing and if you're not conscious of what's happening in your head all the time then you're going to be looking out on the default mode of your mind which can tend to lead negative we love to solve problems and if you've ever noticed in your life when you solve one problem another problem comes that's the pattern of it all and we're so geared towards solving problems and we're so geared to figuring everything out for ourselves that we cannot simply relax and look around and say you know what everything is actually fine right now everything's actually really great there's actually nothing wrong and wow am I lucky that there's actually nothing wrong how lucky am I that there's nothing wrong to the point where my mind needs to look for things to be wrong because there's nothing wrong and when you look at it like that when you see that you come to this sense in this state of realization. And the practice that you have to create the space for yourself to disidentify from the thoughts that are happening in your mind that you may not want to continue perpetuating to become aware of those things so that they do not control you is truly the practice of learning to rewire your brain, 
learning to recenter yourself, learning to ground yourself, and learning that you do not have to be in a program anymore. You do not have to be in your default mode. You get to decide. You get to choose. And if you choose to believe in yourself and you choose to rally and strengthen yourself into the willingness to love life, that is really brave. That is really brave. When there is a world that loves to suffer, wants to suffer, believes that suffering is essential to every moment of life, it is brave to decide that you want to love life and all of the things that are involved in the process of it. And this is not to say that suffering doesn't exist and suffering isn't inevitable because it is, but to be able to find the lessons in that suffering, to be able to find the knowing that suffering is inevitable but that is okay because happiness is also inevitable and love is also inevitable and all of the beautiful things in our lives that lead us into a great state of joy can also be what brings us into a great state of pain. It is recognizing the duality of it all and having gratitude for knowing the inevitability of that duality but also knowing that you have a choice in what you choose to see more of. You have a choice in what you choose to see more of when it comes to your daily life of suffering and of gratitude. Two people can look at the same painting and one of them can see something totally different than the other person and it is all about what your brain is geared towards. You notice this so much when you have a friend who just bought a red car and then you start seeing that red car everywhere and suddenly that red car is jumping out at you from every street and every corner. And you think it's a coincidence, but it's not. It's just the default nature of your brain that is geared towards bias. It's actually called the reticular activating system. And it's all your brain's ability to be awake and conscious. And that's why you're able to hear your name in a crowd of people. You're able to pick up on something that you're already tuned to look for because your brain is conscious of it and your brain recognizes it as important. I'm not going to pretend to be a neuroscientist because I'm not, but there is science to this and all of the spiritual concepts that can be talked about can all also be in a way distilled into a science of either placebo effect or the psychology of the human brain, or how we are geared towards survival. And when you've learned how to survive and all your basic needs are met, it's very common to get stuck in a cycle of what's next? What do I do? How do I live? What am I supposed to be? Who am I? And your job is not to have the answers to those questions. Your job is just to create the space for yourself to be ready to receive those answers when you're ready for them. It's to be patient with yourself. And so creating that space through these various methods of checking in with yourself and meditating and moving your body in a way that suits you, it's really just about using the faculties that you have in your body, which is your consciousness and your mind, your body itself, and nourishing those things with your intuitive heart the things that speak to you in a way that says this feels good to me. Starting your morning in this way is really important, but it is equally as important to end your day this way. 
I have noticed this so much because I have not been good about this and I am making the commitment every day and trying every day to take my morning routine and turn it into a good nighttime routine as well. You know, if you figure everyone has these morning routines that gets them prepped for the day and allows them to head into their day with productivity and the ability to get things done, then why wouldn't you also have a nighttime routine that allows you to have rest and give rest to yourself? And I've actually noticed the paradox in that in my own life because I've always had a morning routine because I've always been someone who needs time before I can be in the world, before I can accomplish. But a nighttime routine has always been harder for me because that is not for the sake of accomplishing anything. That is just for me to unwind. And so there is a dissonance there in what am I actually doing it for? Am I doing it for myself or am I doing it because there is a sense of accomplishment that will be attached to the first thing, the morning routine, that may not be attached to the next thing. But you notice so much that when you go to sleep feeling good, when you go to sleep with gratitude in your heart, you wake up feeling good with gratitude in your heart. And then you're on a momentous cycle of goodness. And so here's a very simple thing that you can do at the end of every day. I'm not going to say have a whole long meditation and a journaling session at the end of the day too, because I am not going to not practice what I preach. And I haven't gotten there yet. I do not have a good nighttime routine. I do not have something that I can fall back on and lean on. And as soon as I do, and as soon as I've put it into practice and I can tell you about the benefits of it, I will. But here is something that I have done and have noticed and seen a really beautiful impact from, and it's so simple. At the end of every day, when I get in bed, asking myself right before I go to bed, what went well today? I go through my day in my head and I pick out the moments that went well. And I notice when I do this that most of the time it is not what I accomplished and it is not what I got done, but most of the time it is the brief moments that I shared with other people and it is the laughter that I may have had with a friend and it is the commute that I had on my way to work that really felt beautiful and romantic and made me appreciate living in New York City. It's these little tiny moments of joy that I almost looked over until the very end of the day when I accumulate all of them and I feel that whole sense of gratitude that sometimes we forget to feel and we forget how to feel. And doing that before you go to sleep will shape you into a morning where you are more primed for gratitude, more primed for space for yourself, seeing the benefits of really taking that time and it's not a lot of time. How often do you go to sleep and you are creating stories in your mind or you're thinking about what made you upset or you're trying to solve problems? Your body is trying to rest and your mind is awake trying to solve problems or precipitating problems for the next day, or precipitating fear, things that could happen might happen. And it is such a powerful thing to know that when you do not have the capacity physically mentally, emotionally, to solve a problem that there is never any benefit in thinking about how to solve it. It will just provide you with nothing but stress and a feeling of weakness. And we should not look for the strength to be our own hero 
when we do not feel strong enough to be that. Those are the moments where it's time to recline, it's time to take a step back, and it's time to give ourselves space to feel what we need to in that moment. And a lot of times it's just tired, right? It's just fatigue. It's just, you just need a little rest. And so much of our rest is not restful. So much of our sleep is not restful. So much of it is binded by thinking about problems right before sleep happens and thinking about them the second you wake up and an endless cycle of those things. And for you to create that self-belief and start seeing the world through a lens that you get to shape and you get to determine, it starts with those daily practices that allow you to truly live life and not just survive. The act of presence is really just fine-tuning moments of your day that do compound into how you live your life and it always starts with the first step and it always starts with something small and a lot of times we want to create change in our lives but we don't know where to start and it starts in these really small ways that do matter and most of the time it is always pouring back into yourself nurturing yourself creating space and taking the time and I can't even explain how important it has been in keeping a grounded sense of life and self and gratitude in the various movements of life which we all have and we all go through and remembering to prioritize what's important because if you spend your whole life trying to get your act together you don't have a life you have an act so live your life enjoy your life thank you guys so much for listening to this episode if you like this episode please leave a review tell me your thoughts reach out to me over instagram my socials are linked down below i may not respond right away but i will always try my best to respond a lot coming in the coming weeks more guests more things and i'm so excited to have this space so grateful for it i will see you next week okay Bye. You gotta look for the redeeming feature. You gotta look for things to appreciate. You gotta find a reason to make it okay where you are. No, I've gotta strive and struggle and try. That's what I've been taught. Growth and expansion is my quest. No, that's inevitable. Whether it comes easy or hard is the question. The horrible truth is that it's an inside job that if you're gonna get that love and that respect that you've just so, lo- that connect, that union starts inside. To every experience of growth, there is an equal and an opposite. And that equal and an opposite is what drives you to that light. So you have to start inwards. You have to start first within yourself.